Well, hello, friends. Hi, friends. It's been a minute. It's only been like a week. But we, with good we reason. We missed a week. But with good reason. With good reason. I passed the English class. That was the most important Amen. thing. Amen. I saw that Hallelujah. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, so just to get into it, let's do who am I. I am an actress. Sorry, y'all. Y'all know, y'all know my laptop always got something going on. Yeah, the dramatics. I'm an actress. Um, I play a black lawyer. You're going to get it. Um, I play a, a black lawyer. That's all I'm giving you because you really want to get it. Viola Davis? Yeah. I didn't put any thought into it. She was the last thing I was like looking up. I was watching this clip on Facebook where... Gabrielle Union was in a room with um, Felicia Felicia Rashad, uh-huh. um, Oprah, her, some other lady. What were they doing? They were just talking. I just saw a clip about like empowering black women mm-hmm. and how we tend to tear each other down. Mm. Like, was you saying that my wig was slipping or my tracks were showing? Is that put more money in your pocket? Does that feed you at night? Is that fucking you at night? No. And I, the last thing I saw was her face. Well, speaking of, we are wrapping up Black History Month. Y'all know it's February's not that long. Um, but we did want to uh, compliment at the Shade Room, a Black <laughs> History Month spotlight. A former FedEx receptionist becomes company's first black CEO. The former vice president of operations, strategy, and planning today, bringing more than 28 years of company experience to her role. Oops. She will be overseeing the custom critical division. It is also said that she started with the company in 1991 as a receptionist when, his initial, when it was initially named, named Roberts Express. Oh, I didn't even know it had a different name. But shout out to Miss Ramona Hood, and she is the first black female CEO over at FedEx. So oh, shout out to her. Oh, my God. What? The Proud family is coming back. and be Friend, friends, you be are friends. all over the place. We just started, I'm friend. I'm sorry. My goodness. Lord have mercy. You Are you done, friend? How I love the when you walked in, I was actually um, uh, looking at that. I was actually looking um, uh, at that. Okay, so before we get into anything else, and yes, we will side over to the Proud Family. I wanted to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Jamisa Bailey. She um, works for Planned Parenthood, and she was the guest contributor at the um, the. BHM edition of the BB the BGG guide and she was talking about the need for black women to be heard in the 2020 election cycle um, and here's a quote from her um, she says that while it's undeniable that black women have formidable political power in order to fight back against the various interlocking systems actively working against us we need to continue to build our strength locally so shout out to Jamisa shout out to you and she is also from the Queen's Tea podcast so shout out to you girl okay yes the Proud Family. I did see it. So apparently, um, there was a lot of like question on how far they would age them. Mm-hmm. But I saw that BB and CC are a little bit older. They look like about four or five. Right. But Penny and a gang, they are now in high school. Okay. And Sugar Mom is still alive. Yeah. But I want to know if they're going to have Orlando Brown come back to be sticky. You know, oh, he's all yeah. over the place. Well, are they going to kill Sticky off? 
Whatever. I don't. We're not kill him off. Are they gonna say he went like to boarding school? Or, or... are they gonna get somebody else to voice him? Yeah. But you know he is a boy, and their voices change. So maybe that could be their play on it. Like he's older, his voice is gotten deeper, gone deeper. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I trust Orlando to come back with the with the skills. I don't know. He out out here doing videos. You know what? Shit. When I look at him, it's sad because. When I look at shows from, like, the 90s, like the Jamie Foxx show, he was on Martin. He was on Major Pain. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he was on every fucking thing. And then to just see him now, it's mind-boggling. He was on the show with the Olsen twins on ABC Family. Like, he was on so many different things. That's a raven. And now, like, he's completely unrecognizable. Yeah. Completely, completely, completely unrecognizable. That's what happens what drugs would do to you. And I'm, I don't know if it's like all Disney Channel stars. Not all of them, because Tyler turned out to be okay. But Hillary. it's a lot of them. It's Hillary a lot of them. Does. Lindsay Lohan, look at her. Yeah. She's the off Olsen the chain. twins look like fucking crackheads. Like yeah. methods. They look like they're 60 or something. Did you ever like the Olsen twins, like watch their movies? Not really. Really? My favorite Christmas movie is The Grandma's House We Go. And then my favorite Halloween next to Hocus Pocus is Double Double Twins in Trouble. Really? I didn't really care for them like that. Oh my gosh, I did. They used to sell their stuff in Walmart. I don't care if it was Walmart or Kmart. I didn't care for them. I liked them. I didn't. They were big when I was in like sixth grade with their like line at Walmart. Of course, Sonya wasn't buying any of their stuff. But, of course not. But. Don't nobody want them white people on <laughs> You I liked the Olsen twins. I did. Okay, did you watch this week's episode of Married at First Sight? I have not watched it. And go, go ahead and I talk about it. I watched it this morning. You did? I watched it this morning. Okay. okay, so the black couple, Brandon and Taylor. Mm-hmm. So apparently, you know how she's like, I guess she's like a social media influencer or whatever the case Your is. Coffee smells amazing. Thank you. I have Oreo creamer in this. Okay, this is really gross, but I'm going to share a fact with you guys. I'll drink this flavored coffee creamer by itself. I drink the French vanilla one. I know you're not supposed to. Yeah. But I had to stop buying it because I'd be like, I'd go and like take a sip. And you're not supposed to do that. Another fun story. When I was in middle school, we (laughs) we went to Hershey Park. And you know, like. First of all, the first fucking night that we went there, me and my friend Sadia, they did not give us, they didn't have a meal for us, so we didn't get to eat anything that first day. Okay, we had to go to the hotel downstairs, and we had to get something to eat. That's the first thing. But the last night, we were there for a chorus concert, um, or the morning, we had had breakfast. And we were like, oh, you know, all the white girls were having their coffee and stuff. And I'm like, I mean, I drink coffee at home, like, trying to be cool, like, I said, my mom's coffee. Child, I put a shit ton of cream in it. When I tell you that bus ride... From Pennsylvania back to Connecticut, my stomach was on one. But I kept it together, and we got home, and my mom picked me up. She wanted to take her time talking. And I got in the car. I was just like, I need you to hurry up and get up. She said, what happened? I was just like, my stomach started feeling right. She said, what did you have? I said, I had coffee, and I just kept putting the creamers in it. And she was just like, well, how much creamers did you put? And I said, I don't know. I lost count. So I learned my lesson from that day forward. Don't overdo it with the cream. 
And that's what I get for trying to be fucking grown. That's what you get. Coffee is trifling. Anyway, go ahead to your story. I'm sorry. What was I leading up to? No, we were talking. You started talking Oh, Married at First Sight. Okay, okay, okay. Side track because the, the coffee smells good. Okay, so Married at First Sight. So she's a social media influencer, but I guess she went on her Instagram and she was saying, oh, I'm single. I want this type of man, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, her and Brandon had been trying to work through whatever the issues was. So he got wind of the video and he moved out. He moved out, left the key and everything. But she was still carrying on like, well, what happened? The other black couple, Mika and Michael, apparently Michael lied about his principal position that he was supposed to be taking. What? He was supposed to be starting a position at Monday, and then last minute he was just like, yeah, I'm not taking that job anymore. I'm going to go with another job. So you know Mika's red flags was up. And the next week, I guess he lied and said that he was a yoga instructor. And then Mika's just like, well, I couldn't tell when you was in it doing you lied about that too. But anyways, back backtracking to Brandon and Taylor. In the conversation, he was saying, you know, like, she's just always on social media. He's saying, that's, I'm sorry right there, but that's something that's inappropriate. So when the psychologist called her back or the marriage counselors called her back to talk about it, she was just like, so I saw your social media post. I'm sure he did too. And then it kind of dawned her on her and she gave like this BS like type of excuse. And it made me wonder, I'm not crazy on the social media, but where do you draw the line with social media and your relationships? Um, so I'm not big on social media either. I don't, like, some people might call it crazy, but I don't even post pictures of me and my husband. Because? Just, I mean, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm not here to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Y'all here to entertain me, but I'm not here to entertain y'all. And if you know me right. personally, you know my husband. And I'm not here to flaunt like I'm single or anything like that. I'm not DMing or Facebook messaging niggas or nothing like that. But I'm not, honestly, I'm not active on social media, to be quite honest with you. So, So. I'm a person where, like, I'll post, like, I have a decent amount of pictures on there, but I'm not every single place that I go. I have to, like, post and I have to do this. But I do know some people in social media, it's funny because sometimes when people post, I'm like, number one, you don't look like that in real life. So let's just be very clear. And my husband doesn't have, he no longer has Instagram, he just has Twitter. But if I post something, he'll be like, how many likes we get? Or did it? And I'll be like, you're so corny. But what That's always, <laughs> but I just feel like, why don't you just get your social media? Why don't you just get your Instagram back? Like, you're just being annoying. Like, just But relax. then if he gets his Instagram back and he's spending all his time on the phone, then you're going to be upset. Right. So and you you're right. Your because him and Twitter are just, I'd be like, yo, what? And like, all day he'll be sending me stuff on Twitter. I'd be like, okay, like, relax. But I always find it interesting of the people who take pictures of everything, particularly when they get in relationships, and then they break up, mm-hmm. and then they take all the pictures down. Mm-hmm. That always, I just be looking like, and I've been with Kool-Aid for like forever, before there was an Instagram and things like that, but you know what gets on my nerves with people on Instagram? is like, when they dating somebody and they don't be trying to show their face. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to be all mistake. Like, bitch, stop. Like, s- stop. Okay? You ain't dating a celebrity. Follow okay, first stop. of all, you're not dating. It's either you're not sure. I, I My theory is, is that you're not sure about what y'all are. Yeah. You're not sure about what y'all are. Or he claims that he doesn't want to be put on social media. Because he's fucking with somebody because else. Because he's fucking with somebody else or he don't want to be seen out there. Show your nigga face. Or he don't want to be seen with you. 
Maybe because okay. you were disappointed. Show your nigga face. So, it was just interesting, but I'm excited to see next week's episode. But what killed me about it was that she was so surprised that that's why he was mad and her lie or her cover up. But she was like, oh, I was just joking. No, you weren't. You didn't expect him to find out. And when he did, you didn't have nothing to say. And she didn't feel that she needed to apologize. So, I don't really know what's going to transpire with them uh, I didn't know week. she was uh, an influencer. I thought she was in, like, a research something. But, like, you know how, like, you know everybody's Instagram. Yeah, they got a side yeah. hustle, all that other stuff. But also, I guess Brandon had said, like, she had also tried to be on Temptation Island. That's why she's always just, like, she's blogging everything. She's always, like, posting to her social media. And he said that that was an issue from when they were in Panama on the honeymoon. Oh, I didn't know she was trying to was- yeah, so he had he kind of let that birdie out the bag. But even when they were on the first thing, when they were on the honeymoon, he was saying to her, he was saying he was just like, she's always on her phone. Like, everything we do, she has to post it. And then when they went out to eat, she was like, wait, wait, I gotta take a picture of her food. But she didn't see the problem of it. And I kind of found out that's maybe like a modern day thing. Yeah, where it is. It is. People we're, had to post we're everything. Losing, we're losing our sense of you and I. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One-on-one time. But we're we're more interested in the likes and people commenting on what we're doing every day. That's why I said I'm not really big on social media. Especially, like, my dad. This nigga got Facebook. And all this motherfucker do is make comments about shit. Well, girl, you know, we already had our conversation day. about older people okay? on social media, they especially need, Facebook. They don't need Facebook. They Girl, don't, don't need social started. media, okay? It needs to be an age cap. <laughs> and they need to be be able to uh, um, prove it. Girl, don't get me started. Do not get me started on that chapter there. <laughs> no, but I think um, we're losing sight of one on one time with just that one person, or where you at. You don't need to be posting. Your or just enjoy food. the moment. Yeah, you don't need to be posting your food. Like everybody eat. What the fuck? First of all, me and Kool just be looking whatever kind of way. So. No. Girl, sometimes you might even get like a wig cap, not even the wig on. I might have took it off. So I just be like, okay, you know, whatever. But anyways, that's where we are now. Okay, did you watch the Kobe Bryant funeral online? I did not. I say, I... I didn't even know that shit came on. Well, first of all, it was on CP time. It did not start on time. It was about 30 minutes late, but I'm not surprised. Okay. Um, I did not know that Beyonce was going to come and sing, and I guess... Beyonce was Kobe Bryant's favorite singer, and she sung two of the songs, but she was sitting behind Jessica, uh, behind Vanessa, and she was comforting her a lot of the time, like she was crying, and she had her hand on her, and she like she was praying over her, but when Vanessa spoke, yeah, I couldn't take it, and apparently there was a private funeral, um, like a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you know, they had their burial or whatever, but this was just for like the fans and things like that, um, Kobe Bryant's parents were there along with his sisters and there was a lot of controversy because well first of all i just want to say the strength that it took vanessa to get up there yeah i would have been a wreck and read the fucking eulogy right for a second time in front of everybody like i I don't think i would have been able to do something like that um but so you know kobe bryant had been estranged from his family from his parents a couple times and i guess they were him and his father were mending their relationships but a lot of people were saying that they felt it was disrespectful that no one mentioned Kobe Bryant's parents and that they, they, they weren't sitting, 
they were a row behind Vanessa and on the opposite end. And people were feeling like it was disrespectful and at the end of the day, those it, were still Kobe's parents. How do you know third. that they didn't want to sit there? And then, today I did see that she did, Vanessa Bright did repost Kobe Bryant's sister. She got a tattoo with the numbers on it. But, mm-hmm. I guess I look at it different in the sense of I feel like a lot of times, like, with people, when we hold grudges and things like that, we don't know, our days are numbered on this earth, and we don't know when they are. Right. And I think a lot of times people feel like, well, we'll get back on the same page at some particular point in time to make it up. And allegedly, Kobe Bryant's mother, the issue started when she didn't want Kobe Bryant marrying Vanessa to begin with. So they didn't go to his wedding, and they've been estranged for years, and then there was a selling of Kobe Bryant's memorabilia and all this other stuff, and now they're sort of kind of getting into that place. But I just kind of feel like, first of all, they were there. Okay, so we don't know what went on behind the scenes, but first of all, they were there. And I think a lot of people feel like just because those are Kobe Bryant's parents that they had a right to be there. Because I think of, did you contribute to anything financially to set it up? Were you a part of the planning process? And was Kobe really fucking with you at that point in time? Yes, that's your child, but when all those other moments counted for you to be there, were you able to put your bullshit aside and move forward? Don't now, because here we are at his final goodbye, now that you want to stay faced. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, maybe call it petty. Maybe I'm stuck in my ways about things, but... I agree with Rick Ross when he said you weren't with me shooting in the gym. And where were, and for me, my mindset is where were you all those other times? And I said that when it comes to uh, weddings, funerals, and births. People don't be nowhere in sight all those other times. But when it comes time to celebrate or when it comes time to stay faced, everybody wants to show up. So, I don't know. Like, it was very interesting you know, his dad did look visibly upset, and I'm sure they're, you know, as his parents, I'm sure they're like, you know, I wish we had mended our relationship sooner. But at the same time, we don't know what went on. But if this is allegedly true, I would come to, from the perspective of if he didn't really fuck with you like that when he was here, and if me as his wife, I get that your son and everything like that, but nah. Like, what would, what would, you, what would you do? So... If something happened to Kunle, God forbid, Mm -hmm. you would, and you and his mom had issues, Mm -hmm. and him and his mom had issues, but they weren't speaking for years, you wouldn't let Kunle's mom come to the funeral? She can come to the funeral, but she's not going to be sitting in the front. It might have been, I honestly think it might have just been their choice. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. We don't know what happened. Yeah. Because they were invited. They were fairly close to the front. But don't try to fake certain things. And me just in life, period, and in general, I'm very much that person. Mm-hmm. Don't just try to show up or don't just try to expect something. That's even like when I was telling you about wedding process. People want to get invited who ain't never met Kunle. But just because you felt like, okay, well, we related, we family. And I'm like, okay, but... I don't talk to you on a regular basis. When I go home, I don't reach out to see you or anything like that. So why would I extend an invitation to you? Right. So I kind of feel like, I mean, death is a bit extreme. Or like, 
if I had a baby shower or something like that, like if I don't fuck with you on a regular, why would I invite you to something like that? Okay. I see it. Like I can see it in your perspective, but then I also think it's his parents. Like they yeah, gave, that's they what people are saying, life. yes. They gave him life, whether it was a good relationship or bad. Mm-hmm. At least let his parents see him off. Yeah. I mean, you got, you were there, they were there. But again, I come from a different level of petty and things of that nature, so. But is it petty, though? I don't think it's petty. I had to grow up a lot when it came to my grandmother's memorial service. Mm -hmm. Like, my grandmother's sister got on my motherfucking nerve. (laughs) But I didn't let it show. Right. I was like, I'm here for one thing and one thing only for my grandmother. Right. After this day, don't you ever call my phone. See, I'm just not mature like that. I'm not. You'll be, you'll, you'll, it'll happen for you when it's your time. It's not your time to be mature. I remember mature. at my aunt's funeral and it was packed of people. And my mom got up there and she said, there's a lot of people who I've never seen here before. And she literally, she essentially said, well, where were you when my sister was going through X, Y, and Z? And I was just over there like, oh my goodness, like, why she say, why she say that for, why she say that for, you know what I mean? Um, but Sonia and I are cut from a different cloth, so yeah. apparently so. Apparently. <laughs> okay, so update on the coronavirus. They are saying, the CDC is saying that it's not a matter of if it's coming to the United States, it's a matter of when. Really? Yes. Did you hear about the case in, in California? No, what happened? It's somebody, somebody in California has it, and they haven't been out of the country or anything like that. So how are people getting it? That's my question. So what I don't know, maybe I need to do more research on it. I don't know if it's something that's viral. This is starting to make me want to, like, cancel my trip, but... I got, like, masks at work, so I'm going to take some masks and gloves and wipe the shit down out of the airplane. So I had to, for work, I had to go over to one of the nearby hospitals, mm-hmm. and they had this big-ass sign in there about the flu and the coronavirus, and just, like, every other person was up in there with masks. And I don't know if it's, like, like, I don't, first of all, when I think about traveling, period, like, there's always a chance to get sick when you travel, period. You're on a plane, you're in that tight compartment space, and it's not like there's any necessarily fresh airflow, because you can't open up the fucking windows on the plane, mm-hmm. and when the door is open, it's only open for but a short, short amount of time, so there really isn't any circulation process taking place there, but first of all, coronavirus isn't new. A couple years ago, it was Ebola. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I have to be careful. Ebola's not new either. No, it's not new. But I am interested to see, and apparently there was a case, they thought there was a case in the state of Maryland. However, the person was cleared. But I saw, I got some alert today from PG County, and they were saying something about coronavirus. The stupid link wouldn't let me open it up, but I was like, oh Lord, does that mean it's getting closer to me? Is that what it means? Okay? Yes, it's getting closer to you, sir. Is that what it means? Okay, so... I saw the story circulate maybe about a week ago, and then I saw it up again. Yahoo picked it up. But a six-year-old girl in Florida was shown on video, and she was um, arrested. She was zip-tied, and she was sent over to the uh, jail. And apparently the young lady was having a tantrum in the classroom. 
I don't know if she was throwing something in the classroom, but she was hitting her teacher. And then they show on camera, um, on the body cam of the officers coming to arrest her. And, like, they show her, and she's just like, what are those for? And he was just like, these are for you. And then he, like, handcuffs her with the zip ties. And then she's, like, screaming and crying. She was like, please just give me another chance. Like, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go there. So I wanted your thoughts on it. Okay. So first of all, the little girl has ADHD. And she has a couple other, she has, like, a global delay. What is that? Meaning it can be from um, developmental delay. It could be a speech delay. She has multiple delays. So the little girl is being in cuffed at a school that is there to help her. Like for my son, he has autism, so he's in a special class at his school. Mm-hmm. This little girl is at a special school to help her. Right. So granted, I understand that the little girl was maybe having a tantrum, maybe throwing things. Yes, I agree. Something should have happened. It should have happened. What should have happened for, for me, I would say, you need to call me as the parent. Yeah, they didn't call her grandmother first, apparently. Hey, uh, Joshua out here thinking that he's going to do whatever the fuck he want to do. You need to come get him. But in Florida, they have a law. I can't think of the name. I think it's Braxton's Law. Mm -hmm. Where if somebody is in any mental harm or could do mental harm to one another. Mental or physical harm. Physical harm. Mm -hmm. By law, the police will come and take the person to the nearby hospital. Like, they have to do it. Mm-hmm. So, the school board basically was saying that they didn't they didn't do it, but they, like, a social worker. Like, they subcontracted a social, a social worker to I be I know, they there. had, like, a resource officer right. at the school. Right, right, right. So, the resource officer that is paid by the school district right. said, this little girl needs to go and be admitted. So her mother didn't even see her. A grandmother. Grandmother. Mm-hmm. Didn't even see her until maybe like six o'clock. And the little girl was sedated. Really? Okay, so that's the update that I didn't receive. So I saw like online a lot of people were saying like, you know, um, they should have contacted the grandmother first. But what came to my mind first was, where is the child's mother? And because the child had a lot of delays, as you just mentioned, it makes me wonder what occurred with the child. And I know there's some um, schools, I believe, I want to say it's Kennedy Krieger. They have one in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's there for, um, you know, children with, you know, behavioral needs mm-hmm. and this, that, and a third. And I have a friend, she's a elementary school counselor and she used to work there. And I remember when she was pregnant and she was there and she was just saying, like, you know, Sometimes it became very volatile because some of the kids were violent and some of the kids were this and some of the kids were that. And we always had the conversation of, or at least in my mind, it was a conversation of, okay, are these behaviors that the kids have but are the parents at home not addressing it? She says, the, and she, what she was alluding to was that like the kids knew who and who not to cut up with. So that's the first part of it. Then the second part of it is if this is indeed a school for children with behavioral needs, 
where were those protocols set in place when the child was becoming a certain way? And then at what point is it there to protect the teacher? Because we have that conversation all the time and we're seeing it more and more. It's just like, okay, everything's in protecting the student, but what about protecting the teacher? What about protecting those other kids in the classroom when you do have a child who is behaving in an inappropriate manner that they have to then be physically removed from the classroom? Okay, so let me address the first one you said. You said something to the effect of um, the behaviors. Mm -hmm. So like I said, my son has autism. Mm -hmm. And at yes, all children, whether you have autism, a disability, They like to cut the fuck up. They like to cut up, but they know who to try, like you said. Yep. So my kids act differently with their grandmother. Mm -hmm. They act differently with their pop-pop. And they act differently with me and my husband. Right. So well, I've seen you in action, Ashay. Kids will try <laughs> you. That's the thing. They will try Nobody's you. Nobody's playing with it. How about that? They will try you to see how far they can go and how far they can get. It don't matter if it's autism. It don't matter if it's a global delay. It don't matter. The kids will try you. Mm -hmm. And you as the adult have to set the tone and say, I'm the parent. I'm the teacher. I'm whoever. Right. I do agree with you that um, we need to protect our teachers and our students. However, I think it could have gone in a different way. I agree. I, I think they should have removed the child, let her sit, let her calm down, because these are kids with mental issues. And, yes, my son, when he gets upset because he can't put his pants on sometimes, he is so upset, mm -hmm. and he pretends like he's swinging or whatever, and he knows not to, not to try that shit, me. Right. But I'm just saying in general, like, that child should have been removed, probably put in, like, maybe a separate classroom, taken to the bathroom, something to calm her down. Right. To figure out, okay, well, what's going on? How can we deal with the situation? Instead of going off into just deeming this child, oh, okay, you're a mental... You need to be in a hospital. You need to be sedated. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure mm -hmm. you, you're seeing a psychologist. Like, you don't need to do all of that. She's yeah. fucking six years old. Yeah. If you don't have kids or you don't work around kids, even people without kids know that a fucking six-year-old was a Yeah, that little drink. girl is going to be traumatized for life. Exactly. And that was the biggest thing. Exactly. So for you to sit up there and to do all of this extra stuff is, is crazy. I blame the school system right. and the social worker. The police officers, I don't blame because doing they're his job. just doing your job. Yeah, he wasn't aggressive with her. I mean, I seen the video with the, the woman police officer. Oh, I didn't she, see that she one. She was calm. She was explaining what was going on. You're not going to jail. We just have to take Okay, I didn't see that one. I and saw she, the one where the male officer was coming into, and he, I think she was sitting over the principal. She was reading a book or something like that. Yeah. And she was calm. I saw that one, and, you know, and even he was calm. State. He was very, like... Even right, even in that state, you can tell that like with her her speech, her the conversation right. from the police officer to the little girl, there are some delays there. And I'm not saying that's hindering my perspective. I'm just saying it should have been handled differently. Right. She right. should have never been taken into the hospital. She should have never been drugged without the mother's consent. Mother, grandmother, father, whoever. Right. You know what? One thing that stuck out to me though, um, and, you know, just as black and brown kids, you know, like, we have a preconceived notion, and it's sad that at very young, a lot of kids... This shit wouldn't have happened to a, a lot. Th kid. There's that aspect, but then a lot of kids are very fearful, fearful at a young age of the police officer. Yeah. And what struck me 
And it made me wonder, what has she seen before? What does she associate the police with when she was just like, I'm not going to do it again. Give me another chance. I don't want to go to jail. Like, why does she already at six years old, like, what is she associating police officers with? Well, some parents have that conversation with their kids right. at a young age, not necessarily saying that she saw something. It could just be a conversation that she had with her grandmother, right. her mother, somebody right. that she knows. Right. You're a black or brown child in America. Right. This is what happens in America. Because she immediately, and it, and it bothers me because she's going to be forever traumatized. Yeah. You know, the fact that they had to, and I don't think it was necessary that they zip-tied her. like Because, and then I I go back to some of these, excuse me, schools, and even when I worked at the high school level, and where our office was, we were in the office, we shared the office space with with the transitional office. So we had the kids who were the transitional kids. So they were coming from alternative high schools, and a lot of them had behavioral and emotional problems. And... We had this one girl, like, she came in one day, she thought she was going to kick all the damn doors. And I was just like, um, what you doing? Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And I think, but even then, there was no one physically restraining her Mm -hmm. or anything of the sort. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know, I've seen it play out different ways Mm -hmm. to where they didn't have to do that. Now, if she was in that moment... Being combative, swinging, or whatever the case is, okay, fine, whatever, do what you need to do to get her out of there. But when they went into the office and she was just sitting there with the woman, she was calm. I mean, granted, we don't, we haven't seen all of the footage from right. when the incident happened. Right. And I'm not saying, girl, why the fuck I thought I saw something new? Anyway. Don't play with me like that. <laughs> um, we didn't see all of the footage. Right. But if they can get her to calm down and go sit down and read a book, why is it that you need to take her out, take her out of the school In to the a handcuffs. mental facility? Right. And then I don't, I have heard of teachers um, saying that they've developed a practice to where when the child is having their moment, the rest of the classroom just gets up and they leave. And they let the kid have their moment mm-hmm. or do whatever. And she says, now you run the risk of the kid fucking up their shit in the classroom, but... It gives a child an opportunity to calm down, get themselves together, what have you. And I just feel like in this situation, nobody wins. Mm-hmm. Um, the child doesn't win. You know, the grandmother now is going to have to deal with, you know, how do I navigate this moving forward? Oh, she's it's, she, it's just she about to get a school named after her. The little girl name is Nadia. It's about to be Nadia Elementary. It's 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 a lot. Or you shouldn't have touched me. Nadia should have touched me. But I can appreciate. <laughs> but I can appreciate how calm the police officer that I saw in the video was. Um. So I don't know. I did not know all the information about it being a particular type of uh, elementary school focusing mm-hmm. on children like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But Philly. Pennsylvania, they are now opening, they have been approved by a federal judge to open safe injection sites for um, heroin users. So there are facilities that are going to be set up 
um, within the city of Philadelphia. And what it is is that the drug users can come there and they provide them with clean, new, new, clean needles, a safe space to go ahead and, you know, get high. And then they'll have doctors and nurses on staff just in case they overdose with Narcan available. I see your face. They can't see your face. What is your thought? What the fuck? <laughs> yes. It's my thought. Yes. We're putting all of our resources into something that's so fucking stupid. How about we take those resources and put it back into the schools and give our babies some fucking recess, some fucking school books, some newer equipment, some computer lab, recess, so better a, school food. So a federal ju a judge has ruled that a nonprofit seeking to open a safe injection site in Philadelphia would not violate a federal drug law commonly known as crack house statute. Safe House, a nonprofit chaired by former Governor Ed Rendell, wants to spend almost two million a year to operate a safe injection site in Philadelphia. Where's this two million coming from? I mean, it's a nonprofit. I get it, but you still got to pull money from the fund. Like, I have no idea. From the government. Where's the two million coming from? I have from? no idea. Mayor Jim Kenney announced last year he and other city officials supported Safe House plan to open locations where people can inject drugs under the supervision of a doctor or nurse who can administer an overdose antidote if necessary. Philadelphia has the highest opioid death rate of any large city in the United States. And it says. U.S. Attorney William McSwain sued Safe House last year, arguing it's seeking to break the law and normalize the use of deadly drugs like heroin and fentanyl. And then they said, we respectfully disagree with the district court's ruling and plan to appeal immediately, said United States Attorney William M. McSwain. What Safe House proposes is a radical experiment that would invite thousands of people onto property. Wait a minute, property. wait a minute. Are they providing the heroin? No. So you got to come with your own heroin. Oh, but so you. listen, they, okay, so we offer all the supplies that they need, tourniquets, sterile water, cookers, and that they can select the needle that most meets their needs, says Bitch, Sean what? Hawkins, who runs a site in the heart of Toronto's tourism district. We intervened so far from August 2017 and about 170 overdoses, either with naloxone or oxygen, so you could say we've saved those lives. When asked about public support for this facility and whether it has increased or discreet, Hawkins said, I think it's a public... Public support for this facility is difficult. I'm just, I'm just a messenger friend. Next topic. No, 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 no. This is, this is some stupid ass shit. So, what I find just crazy is, is that first of all, we had people under from the early '90s when the crack epidemic epidemic blew up. We have people still sitting in jail for selling drugs and this, that, and the third. For okay? selling weed and that shit is for, legalized for, for now. And now. And now it's legalized. So what about those people that are still sitting there in jail and those black and brown people who are being targeted because that that ruling is not is not universal to everyone. That's number one. Number two, what I the craziest thing when I used to EMT was that they had those meth clinics. And meth clinics, if you for those people who aren't aware, they're literally facilities for people who are addicted to meth and they go there because I guess like when you're on particular drugs it's it can be lethal to just stop cold turkey so what it is is that they go to these facilities and they get legal doses of the meth to take so they literally like I would literally take them and like they go there and they get the little box and like it was on the weekend they would get the little kit because they were closed on Saturday Sunday so we go there Friday and they get the lethal like the legal amount to utilize or whatever the case, and it's supposed to wink, wink, wean them off. However, in most situations, people aren't necessarily weaned off. They're still 
doing what the fuck they're doing. But right, they're going there because they ain't got twenty dollars to give Joe Dirt over there, and they getting the the math and they keeping it pushing. And now I have heard of places. Um, there is a place in DC. I'm not gonna say its name, but they do offer to like prostitutes and people who do use drugs. They do offer you know condoms. They also offer you know clean syringes. I have heard of that. That that I have no problem with the clean syringes, the condoms. That's fine. Providing them a space, and what what do I just need to know what they consider supplies? Like, are they giving them the heroin? See that I don't know. Well, my thing is just is this, like, and, and I'm wondering if it's a part of a a cleanup process. Like, we don't want you being crackheads or shooting up on our streets or whatever it is. So here, come here to this place. But I'm just like, okay, as you said, like, what about putting that money into those schools? What about those youths that are out there? What about the homeless youths that, that are and out the there? Sa- think about the safety aspect of this. Now, you're opening a facility with probably hiring between 150 staff members to provide a clean space for these people to get high and do drugs. It's like it's like the bar of drugs. Instead of like when you go it's to a like bar a and have... It's like a fucking hotel. It's like if you go to a bar to have alcohol, but you come here, or you go to a hookah lounge to have hookah, you come here to have your like heroin or whatever to right. shoot up. Right, right. I, I thought... I, but I this had shit to, is free. I... Yes, it is. I had to reread it. And like I said, I think the difference is, is that this opioid crisis or whatever it is, is no longer just in the poor black communities. It's every fucking way now. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, it's an epidemic. And now, it's all of a sudden. It's an epidemic because a white person. Right. And now, all of a sudden, it's this. And I don't think, in my personal opinion now, Narcan is powerful. I do think, you know, I, I think things like Narcan should be sold over the counter. I do personally believe that because if it's going to save a life, yeah. whatever, do it is that you need to do. But I just kind of feel like it's encouraging. Yes. And, yes. I, and then I wonder like, okay, do you have staff on site? Like, are you providing like a rehab aspect of it? Like to people, right. like, is there like, like what? Is there an ER facility? Is it an urgent care facility that can is, help them and treat them like, after? Let's get you detox. Yeah. Let's is this, this a re, that's what, is this a rehab facility? Is it helping them? Slower, slower, slower. Is it helping them reduce the amount of heroin that they do? And do day? they get to stay there all day? That's that's another Because some people who are on drugs, you know, they utilize it all day, every day. Yeah. And some people that don't want to sleep on the streets, they'll come back to do the drugs so they can have some place to sleep. So. I don't know. I feel like. And the fact that a Supreme Court. Or federal judge, like, was in favor of it. Like, I don't feel like that's stopping the process of it. That's not stopping anything. I don't feel like it's helping. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's doing that. And it just kills me. Like, we're going to put our heads to that. But what about all of the homeless youth that are. What about the are, fucking gun laws? The gun laws. What about, what about, what about the effects, safety? but what about the effects that drugs has on the community, period? Mm-hmm. Now there is a legal safe haven space for you to go ahead and to do this. Mm-hmm. So what about those people? What about the people who are on, um, what do you call it? That paraphernalia, not the hallucinogens and things like that. Like, what about those people? And then they're going back out there. They're high off of God knows what. Remember when PCP was a big deal out mm-hmm. here in D.C.? Like, I, I just, I, I don't, there's no part of me that understands that. There's no part of me that understands that. But this is the America that we live in where we give a fuck more about that. And I think that's some political shit to where, like, okay, we're going to keep the drugs here. 
and we're going to try to clean up this area, make it look a little bit decent or whatever the case is, but you're not handling the drugs on the street. You're not out there trying to handle the, you know, the crime that's going on. You're not trying to address the homeless, the, the homeless issue. Like you're not trying to address that, but you're providing a safe haven for these people. What about having rehab and detox facilities more accessible to these places? Mm-hmm. Like why not have that? If you're trying to detox and you're trying to whatever it is, come here. We have a safe space where you can go ahead and you can do that. One that's going to be affordable to you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, whatever. Okay, anyways, you see your boy Harvey Weinstein uh, Hmm. was shuffling through there with his walker. You saw him with that little walker. Niggas going to Rikers. I didn't know that. He was convicted, not on all counts, but it don't look like he's going to be out anytime soon. No. And he is going to Rikers. I think, what is it, five years? But I think, that honestly, it might be less than that. It'll probably be less than that, but just the prison that they're going to be putting him in, period. Yeah, but he still has to go, and he has other charges in different places. Yes, so... so he still has to go when uh, he was photos. When he was on his way, apparently, and Rikers is on its own separate island, mm-hmm. but apparently... <laughs> this nigga. Uh, apparently, on his way, that he started complaining of chest pain, so it delayed his... his on route to going over there, but I do believe that he he gets sentenced. I want to say in March or something like that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But of all places, of all prisons to go to, Rikers. You have you ever seen like that? documentaries and on Rikers? Nope. And you know they're trying to close it. They're trying to close uh, Rikers Island, so that's very interesting to me. But see, it caught up with your ass. It caught the fuck up with you. All right, so, you know, my Caribbean people, we have such thing as carnival. Trinidad had theirs this month. They had their carnival. Um, and Nicki Minaj, you know, she's native to, uh, to Trinidad, and she brought her husband, something petty, whatever his name is there. Kenneth. Kenneth Petty there. And he was on state, and they were on a flow f- performing with Mikel Ma- Montano. I love him. And there was another artist on there, and... People were saying that in the video, and I did watch it, I guess the artist, the other artist that was performing there tried to like, and Nicki Minaj's husband was in the middle, the artist was to the left, Nicki Minaj was on the right, and he's performing, and I think he tried to like hug Nicki or like embrace her, and Mm -hmm. like Nicki Minaj's husband kind of like pushed him off, Mm -hmm. like kind of pushed him off, and like, you know, people were saying like how it was disrespect, and of course Nicki Minaj got on, she was just like, no, he just doesn't understand the country, understand the culture, I love my people, da 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 So it made me wonder, have you ever been in a situation where you've had to defend your spouse's behavior or your friend's behavior? Or like, you ever been with a person like, and you've had to have a chit-chat with him? Yeah. Josh has the um, the worst. He don't know how to have his anger. Mm-hmm. So say we got in an argument, maybe like mm, two hours prior to us doing something family friendly, and we're going to go visit his family or my family. Josh just don't know how to switch that shit off. Like he don't know how to get out the car and just be like, "Boom, I'm cool." You know what I mean? <laughs> Boom, I'm cool. Right, right. He don't know how to do that. He don't know how to be social after he done got upset. So, I had to not check him. I just had a, had a conversation with him. I'm like, you chose to argue with me about this. and now Ain't we, that something when, you, now, when they chose to do it? And now we're getting ready to go ahead with your family. I dare you to sit there and have this motherfucking look on your goddamn face. Mm-hmm. So, your family can ask me, what the fuck is wrong with you? So, I can tell them, I don't know. 
Have you ever, okay, maybe not. I feel like, and again, I'm not in their relationship, but I feel like there's always a lot of Nicki Minaj. I feel like she's always defending him. I feel like she's always defending him. Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation with my friend, and we were talking about like just different guys and things like that. And not even just speaking to Josh or just the Kool Aid, but have you ever like been with a person or like had a friend to where like you can't bring them everywhere because you don't know how they're going to act yeah. or, like, what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, I said, that was kind of one of my main reasons that I liked Kool-Aid because I can bring him in different scenarios. And he wasn't going to... I mean, Kool-Aid is moody as fuck. I'm moody as fuck. But... <laughs> you are. <laughs> I can go somewhere and I know Kool-Aid's not going to genuinely embarrass me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have to go do something for work, Kuma can come with me, and I don't have to be like, you need to wear this, you need to wear that, and he's going to come out now. He may, I may have to be like, I think you should wear this instead of that, or whatever the case is, but never in a situation to where I feel like he's going to outright embarrass me. Right. Where he's not going to use his manners, where he's going to be like, what the fuck, da 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 or say anything inappropriate out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Or even being in a situation where, like, I feel like there's friends that you have that you can't bring all your friends everywhere. Yeah. And I think, and I was telling to my friend, I said that was the difference between Kool-Aid and some of my other relationships that I've had. Mm-hmm. I felt like Kool-Aid, I can bring him somewhere and I know that he's going to know how to work the room. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be inappropriate. He's not going to make me look bad and vice versa. And I don't have to worry about, okay, when we get here, cool, like, don't say this. Or don't say that. Or make sure you smile when this person comes over to speak to you. Like, don't do that. And I wonder, like, and I say this for women, like, the older that you get, like, yes, there's love and yes, there's this, 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 that. But I feel like in relationships, get with a person where you can bring them, where they can be diverse mm-hmm. in different scenarios, in different situations, where you can bring them around, like, your friends or your people or whatever it is, and they're not going to, like... Embarrass you. Embarrass you. Where they're not going to be standoffish. Mm-hmm. Where they're not going to be... Oh, what the fuck, y'all? I don't feel like doing this to right. Miranda. I like, be here. Right. Like, if it's something that's going on, like, let's say, for example, if it was my birthday or whatever the case is, like, can he handle his own? Right. Can he play second host to me? Is he going to make sure that all my people are good? Hey, Usher, are you good? Hey, someone so are you good? Let me help out with this. I don't where I don't have to be like, Kuma, can you go help clean up? Shit like that. Mm-hmm. And when I I don't know, like, but the older I get, it's little shit like that that makes a difference. Yeah. Especially in trying to go places with your career. Yeah. And you should never be with a person where you feel like they're gonna embarrass you. Like, girl, what's she gonna come up here wearing today? Mm. What's she going to say out her mouth? Does she know not to say this in front of this type of person? Does she know not to have an attitude with this person? And I think it's so important to know how to room, to move in different rooms with people. So important. What would you do if Josh ever embarrassed you like that? Like, have you ever had to, like, maybe not with Josh, but have you ever had to be like, I'm sorry that they're acting like this, da 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 Unfortunately, it was with Josh. Really? 
I would, but see, I will argue with you. I will argue in person. I would be like, who the fuck you, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And we probably argue when once again he got upset about something. I think I missed the turn. Okay, so for me, if I'm driving and you're in my passenger seat and I give you the GPS, I'm right. expecting you to tell me every motherfucking turn. Right. Because you're holding the GPS. Right. You don't wait to the last minute to be like, oh, you need to get in your left lane and make this Kuma, turn. He can't Nigga, give directions. I need you to do, especially if you're on the highway, I need you to tell me that two miles back. So I right. know to time it to get over. I'm not trying to wait to the last fucking minute because you know these bullshit-ass cars and we trying to let nobody over. Right. So something to that effect happened. We got in an argument. I was like, I don't understand why the fuck you can't just do what I asked you to do. Right. Like, just tell me where, where the fuck to turn. So we got into an argument. We got there. We had parked it with somebody's birthday. And Josh just had a fucking attitude. So he's standing against the wall with a fucking mean mug staring at me. Really? And I'm on, a, like, not the opposite, but I'm a little bit further ahead of him. And I just keep looking back like, are you okay? Are you going to fix your face? Like, what the fuck? So I'm sitting up here having to apologize to my friends because I'm just like, if I would have known this, I wouldn't have brought this nigga out the house. I would have came mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. So how do you have that conversation moving forward, though? Oh. Because I've had to do that with somebody before, but I'm not as polite as you. Because I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with I'm, you? I'm not polite. So when we got, I, I mean, it's a time and a place for everything. I'm not going to do that at the person's birthday party and take and make it a, a whole moment Same. about me. So I wait until we got in the car. And I'm just like, you don't understand how you just fucking ruined everything. Right. And he's like, I don't ruin everything. I say, yes, you do. Even though we had an argument in the car, you right. can't just ever fix your fucking face and get out mm-hmm. and just act like shit is good. Right. Like, right. not everybody needs to know that we have had mm. an argument or a problem. Mm. That's the problem that I have. Mm. Like, you can hate me. You can be mad at me. You can But when we slice, walk out, we gotta be on one right, page. When we right. walk in somewhere. Right. These motherfuckers need to know that right. I'm your wife. You love me. Like, you ain't right. even got to fake the funk. If you don't want to hold my hand, that's motherfucking cool. Right. Just act like you are happy to be here. Something. Be pleasant. Yeah. You know what? You're right. I've had to be like that. I've had to be like that. Cool is very comfortable with my friends, but never in the sense of where like, but I will like, because I'm comfortable and I'm very candid and people know how I am, I'll be like, yo, what is wrong with you? You good? Like, I was straight ask you that. Like, you all right? Fix your face. You know what I mean? But I've had to learn to not, I also have to learn my place in that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like over time we've come to a place of, well, first of all, I've learned don't bring up certain conversations in a car ride. Because for whatever reason, if me and Kuma are ever going to go out, we're going to go out in a car ride. I don't know why, but that's just what it is. So I have to learn to pick and choose my battles. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying in an overall space of, I don't want to go somewhere and then we go somewhere and we link up and we meet up and we're in a professional setting and you're over here and you're embarrassing me. Yeah. Or you not using your manners or you trying to be antisocial because he can be like that sometimes, but I'll real quick and be like, yo, what's wrong with you? Like you good? Shoot a text message. And then it's just the, the winding of the face to fix your face and be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fix your face. And sometimes people don't know, but I just kind of feel like with Nicki Minaj and this nigga, I feel like it's an always type of thing. Yeah. And then to do that right there on stage and she just try to say he's always in bodyguard mode, nah, sis, that's not what that look like. Like that nigga must, he must have spent too much time in, in the system because he just looked he like he looked was like, already. He looked like he wanted to say, so you just going to let this nigga disrespect me? Yes. 
He 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 didn't need to be there. And that's another thing. Just because you married don't mean you gotta take your nigga with you everywhere, Nikki. Because he could have kept his ass where the fuck he was at. Hello and goodbye. Pulling don't need to be everywhere. Joshua don't need either. Because sometimes Pulling can't fix his face. And I'd be <laughs> like, you know Joshua. something, Pulling? You know what? House. You don't need to be here. That's why his ass And he'll be like, why did you say that? Because you know you're staying. You know, and I'm just like I'll be telling you all the time. I'll be like, Pulling don't need to be there. Because he can't adjust his face. That's I can't Josh. promise you he's going to adjust his face. That's Josh. But that's all we have for this week. All right, friend. Do we have a music plug? I do. So I came across this girl. La, 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 la. <laughs> And her name is Say Grace, all one word, S-A-Y-G-R-A-C-E. And the album is called The Defining Moments of Say Grace, Girlhood, Fuckboys, and Situationships. And I can't pick one particular song off of there that I just love more than the other, but the whole thing is fucking amazing. So Say Grace, The Defining Moments of Say Grace, Girlhood, Fuckboys, and Situationships. Any other announcements, Arshay? No, ma'am. All right, bye, guys. Bye.